It's an, an interview, an interview with interview. Yeah. What's good, Jeff? Uh, life's good. Yeah. It's also bad, but that's life. My car is currently broken down, and I still don't know the situation. Yeah, so what's going on with it? Um, so on Sunday, I was on my way to work, and all of a sudden it's beeping at me. Turn engine off. And uh, I, I feel like basically everything that could go wrong with your brakes just happened to my car. And luckily I was at an exit, so I, I was going to put it back in drive, but it wouldn't let me. So I put it in neutral and slowly went down the exit and down the little roundabout thing. And I couldn't even turn it on. Like, it wouldn't let me. And uh, so I went I went and got brake fluid because mm-hmm. it was low. That didn't do anything. And so I was fucked, <laughs> you know. And so and it was a Sunday, too, so I couldn't tow it to uh, any auto shops because they're all closed. So I had to tow it the next morning. But the whole night I had my blinkers on, mm-hmm. so the battery was dead when I got there. I wasn't even able to get into my car because the, the key's, you know, electronic. And it's annoying. My car's had so many problems. I'm ready to drive it off a cliff. It's what, uh, what, what, what kind of car was it? It was an SUV. I know I've seen it out in the front yard before. Yeah, 2011 Volkswagen Tiguan. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been t- like, there's always some kind of problem with it. Yeah. I need to sell it. <laughs> How long have you had it? Uh, let's see, I got it um, August of 2019. Did you drive it all the way here from Utah? No. Oh. No. Uh, but, yeah, I, that thing, like, it, yeah, it's it's ready to go. <laughs> yeah. Dude, car trouble's got to suck, man. I feel like that's, like, the easiest way to stress somebody out. Like, especially because you, like, I feel like when you, especially when you have a used car, you just know it's coming. You know it's coming at oh, some yeah. point. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's the most stressful thing is car shit because it's like you can't go anywhere <laughs> if it's, you know. Yeah. Luckily, my coworkers were, were able to give me rides and stuff. Um, but I, I'd rather just buy a brand new car and be paying it off for years than, like, have a used car that's always breaking down, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I feel like you got to pick your pick your struggle. I think yeah. low key owning a car is just a struggle altogether. Either you're gonna pay with payments or you're gonna pay with repairs, but you're gonna pay. Ooh, you're gonna pay. Yeah, I've been paying. <laughs> Did you see that um, Volk, Volkswagen US is gonna be Volkswagen like V O L T? Oh, like they switching over to electric. I guess that's what it's supposed to mean. I, like I, I thought it was kind of gimmicky and kind of cheesy to be honest, but like. Well, that'd be cool if, if, like, I mean, everything should go electric at some point because gas is non-renewable, you know? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to run out at some point. <laughs> Low-key, what would really be cool is if we just, like, had, like, trains and shit. That's what I fucking want. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I want trains. Like, trains that can fly through the air. Yeah. <laughs> why, why, why is that not something that we can have? Uh, who knows? We'll probably get there at some point, you know? Yeah. Everything's going to be flying. You think so? <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. How do you feel about Elon Musk? Do you like Elon Musk? I don't know a ton about him other than he's very wealthy and very uh, intuitive. He's like, he kind of reminds me of the modern day, uh, like, Einstein almost. Because 
I don't know. He he seems very intelligent and he's got a lot going on. But there's you know obviously, um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. I don't know him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no good answer. How do you feel about him? Um, I mean he's interesting. I don't. I I do not love Elon Musk. But you know he mm-hmm. if you if you're on the internet he's always in the news for one reason or another. The only reason I brought it up is because there was like. He was on Joe Rogan's show one time talking about flying cars, and like he was saying that, oh, well, we can't have flying cars because they'd be too loud, was his whole thing. Oh, huh. I would rather Tesla be working on trains that can go from New York to California in two hours rather than little robot cars. Oh, so we'd, we'd probably transfer over to underground shit, like that, underground That's trains. what he said. Well, yeah. he, he, he was talking about, like, you can only build up so far, but you can build under, like, almost infinitely, and it's easier to do, and it's less noisy. So that's uh, apparently yeah. one of his projects, but... Okay. You know. Hmm. Um, that'd be chill. That'd be chill. I'd be into it. Yeah. I mean, there are so many cars out there blowing out smoke and it, there's a lot of it and it's you know we are gonna eventually run out of like fuel mm-hmm. we're gonna run out of room on this planet anyways you know mm-hmm. even thinking about uh like telephone lines i feel like at some point we're just gonna take them all down because everything's cellular now you yeah, know I, okay I, okay so you're thinking <laughs> the same thing i was thinking because i was about to ask a really dumb question like do we still need I guess I guess you still need electric poles to like to 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 power houses and shit though like electrical oh, outlets. Oh yeah yeah yeah. But but for for telephone lines no it's yeah. all it's all digital. And cable too like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that on the last episode with Carmine about like cable. Uh, you don't you don't watch a lot of TV and you never watched a lot of TV. No, I, yeah I just. I did, growing up, I just never really watched very much TV at all. Was that because you were always like outside and being creative, or were, like did you grow up in a house where like they were like, oh no, 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 we're not doing that TV shit? Um, yeah, I just, I never really, I, yeah, I guess I was always running around doing something. Like I never, and I guess it was my whole just family dynamic. We never really sat down and just like played around, and you know, um, but. Yeah, there I'm there's so many movies that I've missed out on for sure. Even growing up in the f- uh my family like you know, my family never let us watch like R-rated movies, you know. Um, cuz I grew up in the the Mormon church and they're very very restrictive, you know, like very very clean. And uh so yeah, I did grow up kind of sheltered. Um, or, well, yeah, pretty freaking sheltered, um, which, like, can be a good and bad thing, you know, but, uh, yeah, I just never really watched much TV, but, yeah. Do you watch TV now? Yeah, once in a while I watch shows, you know, um, like, I've been watching Orange is the New Black. Really? Yeah. I've never, I've never, I've never sat down and watched that. I know it's really, really good from what I've heard, but... What do you think of it so far? Yeah, it's really good. Um, a lot of uh, emotional stuff. A lot of uh, it, it obviously gives a huge perspective on just prisons and how fucked it is. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just very interesting. Um, so Utah, 
Utah is so weird. Um, <laughs> I, I've never been to Utah, but like it, it's it's one of those states that like, especially if you're on the East Coast, you it's easy to forget that it's there. And just like you mentioned, like for most of us that like have never been there, we, you you think about it as oh, that's the place where the Mormons live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I know we talked a little bit about this last night, but like, so in in the town that you grew up in, most people are a part of the Mormon Church. Oh yeah, yeah. I grew up in a really small town in southern Utah. Um, yeah, probably it's called Tokerville. Tokerville. Yeah, T O Q U E R Ville. And then like w- very first time I started smoking weed, I was like, wait, I grew up in a town called oh, Tokerville. <laughs> but dude, I wasn't even gonna bring it up, but like, yeah, no, that was the first thing that I thought about, dude. Th- as of twenty nineteen. 1,802 people. Yeah, it's a really That's small a town. That's a fucking small <laughs> town. Yeah. Was it the sort of thing to where, like, your parents and your grandparents and your great-grandparents had lived there, or did, like, people kind of move in and out? Pretty much. Like, most of my family's from Utah. Um, and, yeah, probably those small towns that I grew up in are probably, like, 80%, you know, Mormon. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of Utah is like 60% Mormons. Um, obviously, Salt Lake is very a lot more diverse. Any big city is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just those small towns. And like the town I grew up in is very like hick kind of town. Yeah. Um, like I went to school at Hurricane. They call it Hurricane, but it's, it's Hurricane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just very small town. Hurricane's bigger than Tokerville, but it's, you know, I went to college at uh, St. George mm-hmm. over at Dixie State University, mm-hmm. um, and Dixie's cool. Um, I only, I just got my associates, um, but yeah, by the time I uh, was out of college, I was just ready to to get out of Utah. Yeah. I mean, Utah is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It is gorgeous out there. There's so many national parks and stuff out there. Um, but I was just, I needed a change because it, it's just the same old thing, you know? Yeah. Um, I want to get to you coming to Tennessee, but I want to I want to talk a little bit more about Mormonism because I, I, oh yeah. I grew up I grew up in church too, but like we were Baptist and um, my my parents were religious. But like not, they were they were like pretty moderate. Because when I came to Tennessee for the first time, um, I, I I had only really experienced like evangelical culture like on television, um, and I didn't know that it, for like an entire culture of people, it was like it was like their life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like there was like for me there was like church, and then there was like the rest of life, and then like sometimes they would intersect, but like not really. Oh yeah. Um. But I'm interested in your, in your thoughts in this because, like, for people that grew up like us, you like you don't really get to pick. Like, you're you're when you're born into a religious belief system, you don't have uh, you. It's 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 unfair to say that you really believe it because you don't know what you believe because you haven't been exposed to any other belief system. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's very much uh, how it is, and uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. I would say, because I mean, everyone has. I feel I've noticed everyone outside of Utah has a different uh, idea of what Mormonism is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say, like, if 
if just normal, just like Christianity in general, if that's Adderall, Mormonism would be cocaine. Oh boy. <laughs> that's spicy. Like they go hard um, with uh, their principles and stuff. Yeah. Um, like very, um, you know, obviously the don't do the sex before marriage thing. Um, like they go really far with it. Like uh, I just remember in church, <laughs> they're just like, they'll talk about, you, like don't even do soft petting you know whatever like <laughs> like do not you know they're just very scared of sex it's, mm-hmm. it's funny um and oh you know they have like the the word of wisdom which mm-hmm. is a cool thing to follow if you want to be like super healthy and you know they're like don't eat, eat don't eat too much meat you know that uh, and like don't drink don't smoke um and like in high school, when I uh, just started making friends that were outside of the Mormon church, you know, they're smoking and drinking and all join in. And I was like, I don't feel guilty for this, you mm-hmm. know, because they really push the repentance thing, you, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they just there. I, I think with a lot of religion, there's a lot of manipulation. Um and they kind of like at least taking a step back from it i realized how manipulative it is how like you know you have to feel guilty for doing these things that are bad you know like growing up i used to i remember you know uh basically you know someone who's smoking a cigarette was like a bad person growing up that's how i saw them and then i you know Eventually, when I would just smoke a cig, I'm like, I'm not a bad person. <laughs> yeah. You know, I didn't feel guilty for it. And so taking a step back, I was like, whoa, okay. There's, yeah. Have you thought about, and it's not just Mormonism, I think. Like, that. that's just a, like you said, that's a critical part of religion is, like, shame and guilt. Yeah, absolutely. That's how they keep themselves running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it. It, I, I guess the whole thing would fall apart if it wasn't kind of like the us versus them thing. Like, you know, yep. we're over here and we're safe. Oh, yeah. The, the, the outside world is scary and is dangerous and we can't go over there. Yeah, it's exactly how it is. Um, their view. So, like, what was Joseph Smith's deal exactly? <laughs> so, I guess he... Uh, this is, like, late 1800s, I think. And he's chilling out in, like, Ohio or something. And um, supposedly he he found the sacred plates, like the golden plates. And they had all the the sacred records of, like, the, like the restored church. You know, they really push, like, we're the true restored gospel. Um, like the modern day, uh, you know, they call it the LDS is uh, Latter Day Saints, um, and like the full name is the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Um, yeah, th- I don't, I don't know the there's, I don't know what's that new uh, show that came out about. Um, I haven't even seen it. I wish I, I wish I'd seen it so we could do, talk about it. Do but, you know the name of it? Um. I don't know, but there's something about, like, a white salamander that, like, there's, there's a lot of, like, weird stuff in there. I, I wish I knew. 
I don't even know what it's called. I'm literally Googling white salamander. I'm just curious. But it, it talks about how there was a guy who forged a bunch of like stuff that he came up with or something. Oh, shit. I sold these documents to them. <laughs> the salamander letter was a controversial document about the history of the Latter-day Saint movement that later proved to be a forgery. See also... Huh. They're interesting. It, this is the the God Makers too. Is that it? Uh, no, that's in nineteen ninety three. I don't know. I'll have to look more into that. Yeah, but um, yeah, Joseph Smith. He's he's the like. Dude, I'll tell you what I'm getting <laughs> at. Like he was he was high as fuck, right? Like yeah. he was, he was high as fuck. Well, so the the obviously like the biggest um kind of story they always fall back on is how. He was like 14 years old and he was, there were all these religions and he didn't know which one to choose. And he, uh, he's like, oh, I'm just going to go to the woods and pray and see, see what God tells me, you know, because all these religions are talking about God and stuff. And so the story is he goes into the woods and prays and then all of a sudden this dark, energy takes him over and then he's like in agony and like hell and shit and then and then all of a sudden everything's okay and god and jesus appear to him and they're like joseph i'm your father and this is my son jesus christ Uh, he's like you you need to restore the gospel (laughs) how did he go about restoring the gospel exactly um man i haven't like I haven't read up on the Book of Mormon in a long time. It's hard to detail it exactly, but I I've, I have this I had this sleigh. Uh, I have a feeling Joey just went in the woods and ate some mushrooms. That had a bad trip, and then you know. That's what I, I mean. I wasn't there. I don't know, but I think the same thing, man. Right. It's, it's so weird. It's like like when you grow up like Baptist, it's like a pretty because like I, you guys read the Book of Mormon. But like not the Bible, Bible, oh. or do you read both? They they fuck with the Bible too. <laughs> they fuck with the Bible. <laughs> oh, yeah, we'll fuck with but it. But they're like, as far as it's translated correctly. Oh, so so like Joseph Smith is the one that like completed. Yeah, he's like, oh, I, I have the truth, you know, the restored, you know. The part of it that gets me, and like this is these are just like this is all just hearsay for me. But like the the part where like so Jesus is crucified and then I guess he's resurrected and then he comes to America to preach to the Native Americans. Um I don't think they <laughs> I don't think they <laughs> There's nowhere in the Book of Mormon that they even mention Native Americans. Oh really? It, it's a very white like book, you know? Um <laughs> so okay there's okay okay so uh, let but, me uh, go, But go Joseph Smith would receive revelation yeah from heavenly father about shit Okay <laughs> Speaking about the white part and this this is the part that's always gotten me is the oh, part yeah. about so and I I I'm just curious if you like grew up knowing this cuz what I always heard was they didn't allow black people in the Mormon church for a long long time I think they changed that in the 70s and the reason was because they believed that when God and Satan fought in heaven, there's Satan again, because I know we were talking about the devil last night and we were talking about Lil Nas X. Mm-hmm. But they there was a war in heaven, 
And some of the angels joined Satan, some of the angels stayed with God, and then some of the angels were like, you know what, I'm just going to chill out, I don't want to be a part of this. Yeah. And then God was mad at them. He was like, you guys didn't back me up, so I'm going to curse you all with black skin. And that's what the Mormons believe that black people came from. I think it's literally, <laughs> like, they don't say it that way, but I think it literally basically is, like, put that way. But either way, I, there are not very many black people in Utah. Yeah. And, like, moving here was very refreshing because I was like, oh, there are all kinds of people out here, like, you know, um, but yeah, I, I think the, so they have like the priesthood, right? I think they only allowed black folks to have the priesthood by like the eighties, uh, like that for a while they didn't let black folks have the priesthood, which is like this, you know, the priesthood power, which is like healing power and like all this voodoo shit. <laughs> yeah. Um, but and even, you know, women can't have the priesthood. More, even still? Oh, yeah, still. Like, they, yeah, it's very patriarchal, like, religion. That's what I noticed, too, when I finally took a step back. I was like, wow, so all the men have the power, huh? <laughs> Heavenly Father, no, no one ever mentions Heavenly Mother or any kind of female <laughs> power, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I would, I remember I would ask, I asked my bishop once, I was like, so what about Heavenly Mother? <laughs> you know? Like, yeah, I know we have God. What about, is there no goddess up in the clouds? And they say, uh, he said, oh, well, she's too sacred. We don't talk about her because we don't want to say her name in vain. But she exists. It sounds like she exists. Does she exist? They, they won't even fucking, like, touch that <laughs> subject. Like, I've asked, I've asked many people who are like high up in the church and they're like they say the same thing it's like she, oh she's too sacred we don't yeah uh-huh. too sick too sacred too sacred to even give a fuck about like what it's a weird flex yeah it's a that's a big nasty flex like that's a ooh like they throw it under the rug yeah there's not even a rug they threw the rug out the window <laughs> Um, do you, so when did you, do you remember when you first started like having, like, like thinking like, I don't really believe this? Oh yeah. Um, let's see. Ninth grade. I played a show at this little, this tiny little festival called Peach Days. That sounds like fun. It was, it was cool. (laughs) (laughs) Peach Days. A bunch of, you know, white Mormon people running around buying peaches and shit. Um, But yeah, I I had a little band and we played a little show. And afterwards I hung out with this chick um, and her friends. I I wasn't even really friends with them, but I made like some new friends that night. We went out and had a bonfire uh, out in the middle of nowhere. Um, And I smoked weed with them for the first time. At first I was kind of like, they were like, Jeff, are you going to smoke with us? I was like, sure, yeah. <laughs> and uh, just ever since the moment I smoked weed, I realized, like, okay, this is, like, cool. Like, I'm making friends. Like, this is like, I'm actually having a good time with friends, you know? Um, yeah, and just ever since I smoked weed and just made more friends outside of the church, um... I just gained new perspectives and also just like 
taking a step back, realized how um, kind of silly the religious stuff is. Um, so, were you scared when you started like looking at the world in a different way, or were you kind of like, "Nah, dude, this is this this is this is better"? Yeah, I was not scared oh. at all. I was like, "Oh my god, okay, we're good." Yeah. <laughs> you didn't give a fuck. It was a relief. Yeah. I still went to church with my family, like while I was still living with them. And while I was still smoking weed and like, you know, keeping it away from them, because if they if they would have found out, mm. which they did find out probably junior year. Like at one point I got caught with weed. Um, my dad caught me in my room. I was really dumb. I was smoking weed in my room like one night, mm. <laughs> the one time I did it. And he kind of he's like, all right, where is it? <laughs> I, I go, what? Where is what? I don't <laughs> And uh, I actually, I think I put it in, I put it somewhere, but I was like, um, all right, I smoked it all. It's, it, I don't have it. He's like, all right, Jeff, well. And so they were very, very upset with me. And like, yeah, um, they, I kind of lost my parents' trust, you know, because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, like I lied to them a good amount of times just keeping it away from them because i didn't want to disappoint them obviously mm-hmm. um and uh i think and then i then i moved to saint george they kind of kicked me out mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know that's where i was going to college and um it was it was cool doing my own thing finally because I didn't have to hide shit from them all the time, mm-hmm. and I didn't I stopped going to church because I wasn't living with them anymore. I didn't you know I wasn't under their wings, mm-hmm. and so I was finally free you know. But I still they still like it took a while for them to for me to like gain back their trust mm-hmm. you know, just as a person. I feel like they still loved me as parents. Like they're still great, amazing parents, uh, and I love them very much. Um, but yeah, there's just a period where they were very disappointed in me yeah. for doing things that they saw were bad, you know? So, so let me ask you, how, how does music fit into all this? Because you, you were playing a, playing a festival, Peach Days. Mm-hmm. That, sounds, that sounds like a bomb ass festival, dude. <laughs> right? You know, Nashville has the, the tomato festival. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't, I guess. Tomato Fest? Yeah, I, Is that what it's called? Something. I forget. It, it was, it was, I've it, seen it on magazines. I think it probably didn't happen because of COVID. Um, oh yeah, but uh, a peach festival sounds more fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, tomato art festival. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so maybe by August we'll have it again. But yeah, that Hopefully. was a thing that we used to do every year. Mm-hmm. I guess they had it last year too. It was just socially distanced. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. I've I've never been to that festival, but there's I don't think I've ever been to any festivals out here yet. Mm. I've been here two and a half, three years. Yeah. Uh, but I was gonna ask you. So yeah, how does how does it work being like a, a secular musician in such a strict and conservative family? Oh yeah. So I mean, I think ever. S- <laughs> yeah, I think uh, just playing music out there. I, I guess it was the the type of music I was playing that um, kind of just went along with like oh like let's smoke some weed and you mm-hmm. know make cool tunes um it was mostly me and my my buddy bray um who were always just music buddies and you know uh then we started smoking weed and then our music got better (laughs) Uh. (laughs) but um 
yeah, out there though, in Southern Utah, there's really there's really no music scene out there really. Like, so how did you end up playing music? So yeah, I, I think uh, I think my parents got me a guitar for Christmas in like 2007. Okay, and I, I did lessons for two years. Um, and then I just kind of did my own thing from there on and started just coming up with songs and yeah, just kind of developed my own style mm -hmm. over the years. And obviously biggest influences, uh, were just like those, those good big, like indie bands, like Arctic Monkeys, you know, two door cinema club, yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix. I was seeing I was singing uh, Armistice by Phoenix in the shower this morning because there's a shower gel up there called Dahlia. Mm -hmm. That stuff smells amazing. But <laughs> like the first verse of Armistice is like Dahlias and cherry trees. And so like every time I take a shower in there, I'm singing that song. Oh, that's why you were asking me about. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Oh yeah, dude. What's so cool about Phoenix? You know they're French. Oh yeah, and it just like the other band that you were listening to this morning that had that song "Delay." Yeah. Um. So they're from Belgium. Okay. And when you get like European bands who like they speak a little English, but it's like not their first language. Like the, the lyrics they write are really really cool. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. I think like to them, I, they they experience the language differently. You see what I'm saying? So yeah. like I think it almost because like I'll, I'll be listening to like you know, bands from like France or like Germany or. Norway that sing in English, yeah, and like the shit doesn't make any sense, but it sounds, <laughs> but it sounds cool. Yeah, I love it. Like, yeah, Phoenix. A lot of Phoenix's lyrics like are just a bunch of random phrases put together, but they're put together so well that they, yeah, they flow melodically. It's yeah. like he has a melody and he he'll find English words and make them sound, you know, like uh, I, I love the second verse of Armistice. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like um. I don't know if I can remember it uh, off the top right now, but that that song is just so good. But any song by Phoenix, the lyrics are just very uh, obscure, and that's what I love about it. Are they still making records, or if they called it quits? It's hard to keep track. Oh, these yeah, days. they're still rolling. Their latest album, Tiamo, that was uh, that came out what a few years ago, mm -hmm. but I think they're still rolling. I saw them in Vegas. Uh, Around when they released Tiamo. Okay. Um, yeah, they're one of my top favorite bands. But yeah, like growing up, uh, my my family never really just played music. Like they never showed me all of like the classics or anything. They, they never really just played music. So I kind of just found it on my own. I kind of, I think uh, in Utah, they're like, there were probably like four country stations that I <laughs> stayed away from and there's an alternative rock station uh, I think at the time it was 98.9 mm -hmm. and Cage the Elephant would play on there and Aberdeen played mm -hmm. on there once and I was like oh so I looked it up and then found Arctic Monkeys and all those other ones nice. and just took off from there Dude, that's the other thing. Like, that's interesting about the West Coast. Like, you don't you don't get alternative radio stations in on on the East Coast for the most part. Oh, really? Maybe in New York, maybe in Boston. Nashville has Lightning One Hundred. Oh yeah. Um, but one zero two nine, the buzz out here. Yeah, I've never actually. I don't listen to a lot of radio. Period, that's just alternative but, rock, yeah. but um, neither do I though. But it's like kind of like a heavier, like not like heavy, heavy, but kind of like 
Nirvana. Yeah, like kind of gr- grunge, post-grunge, and yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Which I can get into, but still, a lot of the ones they play on the radio are kind of like... Yeah, oh, it's okay. like it's like rock rock, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like what, boulder. Yeah. What, stone rock. Which is cool, <laughs> I guess. Like I like to call my music wood, because you have, you have metal, uh, you have... <laughs> You have rock. <laughs> what about wood? wood? I guess, yeah, there's no, like, earth element. But Fire. I would think of it as more as, like, water, your music. Oh. Maybe, oh, maybe. Okay. I don't know. That's cool. Because, like, I, like I, I was even, like, reading your bio, and you said Tame Impala, Beach Fossils, and who else did you mention? Probably Mac MGMT. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah, man. Yes. Um, Those are the top boys. Beach Fossils is definitely water. Oh, yeah. This little it's 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 earth too. Dude, I guess wh- the, you know what reminds me of water is. Do you know porches? Yeah, I haven't listened to a ton of their music, but I know who you're talking about. Very watery. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. Porches is a big influence too of mine. So. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about Tame, Tame Impala for a little bit. Yeah. Um, like, what's your favorite Tame Impala record? Ooh, probably Currents, man. Hmm. I like I like their older stuff, but Currents kills it. Their latest record as well. I think that actually ties with Currents. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, their latest record is, uh, I like to call it stuff like that. I like to call it Neo Disco. Would agree. We need to bring Disco back, That's bro. what I, look, oh, yeah, <laughs> dude, I'm talking about this all the fucking time. Even if you were listening to that playlist, there's a lot of disco on my 5K playlist. Oh yeah, um, I love disco so much, man. Yeah, dude. And, and like MGMT is the same way. Like that shit's mm-hmm. heavy. And it, I guess it never really goes away. But like, I mean, this is just how I feel. I feel like with a lot of like indie bands, especially like, I think the, the time when I I started noticing this probably when like Bon Iver got like really big, is it like when you when you talk about like two door cinema club or like phoenix or mgmt or like some of the like it used to be like really fun mm-hmm. passion pit oh yeah um very the, bouncy yeah. and poppy and yeah and then it like swung the opposite direction it got like really sad and it got like really serious and then it got psychedelic yeah and then <laughs> it got weird and i guess right now we're kind of like in the weird thing but i don't know where it really goes next i mean you would know better than i do like um i think we're kind of in like the like i think i think like probably up until like from 2016 probably to like right about now like everything was like post beach fossils post mac demarco post beach house mm-hmm. but now we're in like post tame impala oh yeah kind of everybody's kind of doing like a psychedelic pop super psychedelic pop yeah kind of thing, you know what i mean yeah yeah i think tame impala is definitely like with his latest record he's established like all right let's get it popping again yeah. you know um do you ever have you ever listened to Calvin Harris? A little bit. Me too. He actually has a really cool because he's uh, he's really more of a DJ, more of an EDM, but mm-hmm. like he's got some like really cool disco pop stuff. Him and Mark Ronson. Mark Ronson. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and he's worked with Tame Impala too. What did they do together? Um, is it called Summer or something? Ooh, I forgot what it's called. Ooh, I, I don't. I I did see like there were rumors for a while that Mark Ronson, Kevin Parker were gonna produce a record for her not for hers for SZA. 
Mm. It was a rumor, though. I don't know like when that's happening or if it's happening at all. And that was mm. before the pandemic, so I'm sure whatever plans they had probably got derailed a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tim and Paula teamed up with Mark Ronson. I'm trying to remember the song, but it's a good... Yeah, I think they made a few songs together. I did see that. I know that, like, I think uh, there's a record with uh, Mark Ronson and uh, not Faye Webster, but Angel Olsen. Oh, uh, I haven't seen that one. Let me see what this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Tame Apollo, Mark Ronson. Daffodils. There it is. That's what it was. Oh, shit. I'll have to check that out. I was thinking of summer vibes. Oh, shit. That was, th- I guess this was on Mark Ronson's solo album. Was this oh, the yeah. same album that had uh, fucking Uptown Funk on it? Ooh, I don't know. Hang Is on. it? I unknown sp- Uptown Special. It was. Damn, yeah, dude, that's crazy. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know. That's the crazy thing about music is you can never hear all of it. Like you, I'm, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm like, this is from 2015. Like that's man. six years ago. <laughs> I was still in college. Wow. Oh. Um, yeah, I have to check that song out. Oh yeah, but um, yeah, Tame Impala is definitely one of those big ones. MGMT, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing Tame Impala in 2015 up in Salt Lake mm-hmm. live, and that was like the first big concert I've ever seen. And from that moment, that's where I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Like, this is, this is the vibe. Yeah. So. I can hear it too. Um, so did, how, how, how does it work with you in the studio exactly? Like, cause it, mm. there, you've got some songs that are live drums and some that are, that are sequenced. Yeah. Um, it really depends on the song. Uh, I got a, yeah, I got a drum machine about three years ago, a little bit before I moved here. And, uh, but yeah, whenever I, whenever I record, I, I usually work with, another producer mm-hmm. like i've worked with brecken jones in salt lake city uh I, for roller coaster and life as if a dream i recorded drums with john houston mm-hmm. in southern utah and uh and then let's see i record when i moved here um i discovered uh loud and clear studios mm-hmm. shelby preckless he's the coolest guy uh recorded with him uh let's see Party All Day, Best Friend, a few others. And then recently I recorded Tropic with uh, my buddy Wyatt Whitman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is, let's see, shout out Graham Ash. <laughs> um, he has amazing stuff and he's super fun to work with. Great friend of mine. Um, yeah, we made uh, Tropic together, mm-hmm. which released a few days ago. Yeah, uh, two days ago. Right, April first. The first, yeah. yeah Today's the third. Well, yeah. so let's, let's 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 talk about Tropic. So, like, do you did was this like, did you have these songs already, and you just took them to the studio, or did everything like come about in the studio? Ooh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I, it's always like kind of in between. <laughs> right, yeah. Let's see. I think yeah, all of the songs on Tropic are brand new ideas mm-hmm. that. Because all throughout 2020, I was kind of dry. I was recording some stuff, but I was like, ooh, I'm going to save this for an LP. And I, and I always liked the idea of... Because um, Tropic is... Each song 
basically spells out the letter because like the first song is T mm-hmm. and then R O. Like they spill out the letters. Oh, you shit. notice that? Yeah, I was gonna ask <laughs> you why you did that, but I didn't see that before. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's kind of a thing that you do too, because you had like the EP Sin that came out last year. Oh yeah, and then you just like every track is the letter of yeah. yeah. Which this one's different from Sin. Uh, I, I yeah, they're both all caps, but uh, Sin was uh, like S. Each song is an alliteration. The entire song, so S is a bunch of S words mm-hmm. put together. That was that was fun to write, but it was difficult. Um, but Tropic's different. Like Tropic isn't. It's not all alliterations. I just like. I mainly did that just for the playing around with the the letters of, of them. But, uh, yeah, and so with that concept, I was like, ooh, I should just come up with a bunch of cute little songs and go with that vibe. It, it, Tropic's very experimental, mm-hmm. I feel like. Um, yeah, I just kind of threw them together in the span of a few months. And uh, actually... Yeah, so late last year, I was at, I was at, we, uh, Wyatt and I re- had three or four of them, like, fully recorded, ready to do a full mix down and master, and then his hard drive failed. Oh, fuck. And so we lost Damn, all dude. those songs. He lost a whole record he was about to release from, like, a new project he was getting going, so mm-hmm. we were both, like, oh, yeah. it was... And he, he couldn't restore it. And his, the hard drive was just dead. Yeah. And so we had to start over. Um, so that's why, like, it would have, Tropic would have come out, like, in January if that wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, after, after that hard drive blew up, um, we just took a break for a month. We're like, okay, let's breathe. <laughs> yeah. And then I uh, got back into it and... Yeah, then they just happened. <laughs> Dude, that's kind of the weird thing about music, man, is that, like, you put a lot of energy into, like, making something. And I, I like, you get really attached to it. Yeah. Not realizing, at least not, not immediately realizing that when you put it out into the world, they have no reference point between, like, this is the final version, but I like the demo better. Like, it's just a totally <laughs> new thing yeah. to them. Because, like, I, I always get, like, this weird sense every time I make a song, uh, just like thinking about what I could have done differently, but then like, I always have that. <laughs> but there are a million, like literally, the the possibilities of what the song could be are literally infinite. Yeah, it's kind of like you 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 can't. There there is no perfect scenario because mm-hmm. if you changed it, then there would be something else you didn't fucking like. Yeah, and that's that's the thing that makes it. Um, anytime I have like, uh, like I'm just dry and can't really can't really decide on what I'm going to make next. It's because I'm so indecisive on mm-hmm. all the different directions I could go in. <laughs> so I like having, I like uh, just anytime I come up with an idea, like a melody or just jamming anytime I'll record it. I have a huge list of just random demos. And I think for Tropic, I actually looked at all my options and was like, I really like this one. That could be, <laughs> that could be, oh, <laughs> I like this one. That sounds like, has a lot of, kind of sounds like R, you yeah. know, just kind of match the vibes up. So I, this one I picked and choose. You already had the idea to kind of spell, spell the word using yeah. the. 
Is that why it's called tropic? Because every letter in tropic is also a, like T in English is a word. <laughs> yeah. That's so that came first, not like it has nothing to do with like the beach or like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I like choosing a theme first because it helps me decide what kind of song would be that. Yeah. And I think. Uh, yeah, it's. uh yeah, it just kind of helped me decide. Uh, okay, and and then obviously I was like, oh, I could ca- I could try to make these songs kind of tropical. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I made them more tropical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, ca- I I know T has some bird sounds in it and some water and stuff. Uh, but yeah, it's just the the phonetic acrostics that kind of um, inspired just the name. I mm-hmm. just like. A lot of the times for my songs, I'll come up with the name first, and then it'll help me decide what to sing about, you know. Do so. you read a lot? It sounds like you probably read a lot. I don't. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't, like, because I'll be honest with you. Like, you know how we were talking about Phoenix, and we were talking about, like, some, like, I, like, don't really think the lyrics are that important. At least not for me. I like, always thought that, too. Yeah, like, it, they're, like, they just need to be interesting, and they need to be, like, they need to fit within the melody, but I will yeah. like put the melody before the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't necessarily spend a whole lot of time thinking about like alliteration and like metaphors <laughs> and that kind of shit. I, you know, I, but that, that's why I was asking if you read a lot, because that's clearly something that you like think about, but it's also oh. cool. Cause it like, it's also like a visual, like when you upload it on Spotify and you see it, it's like, it's also like kind of like a visual art piece. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because I was, I was going to ask you, I was like, oh, yeah, so, like, the names, but I didn't even see, oh, shit, no, that's T, that's R, <laughs> yeah, that's fucking cool. Yeah, I like I like having little puzzles like that where yeah. eventually you'll be like, oh. Dude, low-key, if I was high as fuck, <laughs> and I was looking, I probably would have noticed it, and I would have laughed my ass off. Because, <laughs> um, like, you know, when you're high, you, you, like, you notice shit like that, and you think yeah. it's, like, funny as fuck. Yeah, and I wonder if people, I, I hope. Like people have that with sin too, where if you're listening to S, you're like, you you know, I hear a lot of S's, you know, and then mm-hmm. oh it's oh it's an alliteration, you know. Yeah. I like having little things for that are kind of like for the listener to, to kind of discover. Like, oh, would you, you say know? that your music is like best enjoyed, like if you're like buzzing? Oh yeah. Like tweaking a little bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, anything's. 10 times more amazing if you're on anything <laughs> Dude, sometimes it could be worse man i true i don't <laughs> I, I don't know if you've ever um <laughs> one of my favorite stories is like i um had a friend who gave me like a she had like a droplet of liquefied thc mm. and like basically dropped into my water at mickey's and like made a tincture of of, of, of marijuana so you could like drink it nice and we went to friends and i was just so overstimulated it, it was oh. insane i was like i gotta go like i like i didn't like ha- like lose my mind i was just like this is way too much for me i'm getting sensory oh, yeah. overload i'm going the fuck home i've been there yeah. i hope my music's not like that <laughs> i think no matter how high you are i think my music gets better and better <laughs> it's weird I, I don't think music has never stressed me out because I've been high. I, I think oh, yeah. it, it definitely, you, you feel it more. But it makes sense if you're out in public with Pe- a lot of things going People on. People in random noises yeah. can be stressful. Oh, yeah. I, I remember one time, like, I was, like, I'd eaten, like, a 
kick ass edible and like uh-huh. gotten drunk and then I called an Uber home and like it was so weird because it was like if you listen to like hip hop stations like late at night like they'll be have a DJ in he'll do like a live mix or whatever yeah and they were playing this Missy Elliott song called Drip Demeanor and it was like the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard in my life it was beautiful but mm. I was also horrified because like <laughs> I thought that the devil was like he like picked me up to take me home or whatever. I thought he was driving me <laughs> to hell, and I was kind of freaked out, but I was too high to even do anything about it. Oh yeah, and I was like, damn, this is a kick ass song. It was strange, man. Man, huh? <laughs> it it's like this smoking doesn't really do this. Edibles just do it sometimes to where like they'll 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 send me there'll be a part of myself that's like just like my motor functions and there'll be a part of myself that is like really introspective and insecure and then there's another part that's like damn they're like three different yous right now mm-hmm. it's fucking crazy yeah but i mean even jumping back on like when we're talking about mormonism and how they view like you know like a typical mormon would like hear you talking about that and they'd be like oh that's why stay away from it because it's the devil you know <laughs> yeah but i i became an eat like mormons are good people <laughs> like they're good people all right you know they they don't do you know there are some really weird ones uh but like i became an even better person when i started smoking weed mm-hmm um, cause I had, I gained new perspectives. <laughs> you learn a whole lot more about yourself yeah. and like, it's, I think it's hard to access parts of yourself without doing some sort of, of, of substance. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying you should like live on it necessarily, but like you, I feel like it is a very easy way to begin understanding yourself. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. But. Like you, like there's, there, there, there's shit going on that you you just can't tap into. And I'm like, like I'm not even talking about psych like you can like with weed you can get there. Oh yeah. It, it, like if you if you have enough of it anyway. And the first few times I smoked <laughs> weed, I was like, oh Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Like when you were talking about like more like I I don't think like even the most the most conservative like religious people, um I don't I used to be like a really, really militant atheist. And I was just like, why, why are people doing that? God but then, dead. Yeah. yeah. I, no, I used to be one of those people. <laughs> and sometimes, like, I'll do it, like, ironically or whatever. Like, you know, like, I, I, I love making, like, Satan jokes because it's just kind of like, there, there are plenty of, like, Christians who grow up and they're, like, 25 and they're like, yeah, clearly Santa Claus isn't real. It's like, okay, well, Satan is just like Santa. They are yeah. as real as one another. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, they're just concepts. Yeah. But but people are still scared of Satan. Yeah. Like, like, just like we were talking about last Dude. night. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, I was talking to my buddy, Gary, um, when I was doing maintenance at these apartments. Uh, like, we would always have conversations about uh, religion and stuff. He's a hardcore, um, just like Christian dude who, who um, he doesn't like. He really fucks with the Bible. Like he could pull, <laughs> he could pull out any scripture out of his ass and be like, I'm like, okay, cool. And I'll be like, but how so? And I'll see how far he can go. And eventually, he's like, I don't know. <laughs> but I remember, he's like, so you don't believe in God, do you? I'm like, um, well, not really. And he's like, but you believe in the devil, don't you? Oh boy. 
I'm like, no, it's the same fairy tale. <laughs> there you go. No, but that, that's true, though. Same fairy tale. It's like, what god are we talking about? The white male god? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Or, I mean, you know, there are some religions that, you know, God means everything, mm-hmm. you know, existence, mm-hmm. which is cool because, you know, there are different ways you can uh, refer to things and still call it God, you know. Yeah, I'm down with that. I, I, I like I could, I could get, I could see myself getting down with that. Yeah, but either way, the, the God thing's very um, distracting. Because mm-hmm. um, uh, I feel like all, just all the scriptural ancient texts out there, the way they word it makes it sound like God's a dude. Yeah, he. Oh, it's always he. Yeah, which is kind of like, if he's a spiritual being, shouldn't they Should like be, no be gender? above gender <laughs> at this? Yeah, like, but no, like, it, it's. I mean, that's the crazy thing about like, at least like the 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 big three, like the Abrahamic religions, like Christianity and Islam and uh, Judaism. They, on one hand, say that God is limitless, but at the same time, they 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 put limits, like. God is a jealous God, so God is all powerful and is all infinite. But He gets mad if somebody prays to another God that apparently <laughs> isn't even real. Yeah, that sounds like a very sensitive God, is what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I don't know, man. Like I like, but I, I also understand like that it is. It's it's really really important for for like everybody has to have a story of some sort to like explain their experience and justify their suffering. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It can be a safe place for yeah. a lot of people, especially someone who, you know, like if losing someone is really hard to understand and to process and a lot of people turn to religion just cuz there are answers in certain mm-hmm. religions cuz there's a lot of things in life you just don't have an answer for. There's a lot of unknown. Yeah. So a lot of people do turn to those safe places. But then again, they can be distracting too. Yeah. From the fact that sometimes you just don't know, mm-hmm. you know. Most of the time you don't. I don't like I I have my worldview and my belief system, but I don't know. I can't prove it to you. Yeah. You know. Cuz like the Mormons really stress like the even when you're like the moment you're able to that you are speaking, the eventually you're they'll have you go up and bear your testimony. And you're like, you go up there and you're like, I know the church is true. Because that's what everyone else says, you know. Mm -hmm. And they're all, they're so determined that they know it's the true church that they don't allow anything else to get them off their path of righteousness, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, And so, yeah, like the moment I very first smoked weed, I was like, I don't nobody knows anything, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. No, we don't There's know. There's a lot of unknown, and that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in, 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 when it really gets down to it, it doesn't even matter all that much. It yeah. it matters in the day-to-day. It matters in the short term. But when it really gets down to it, it does not matter. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, while at the same time, everything matters. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if you take a big step back, like nothing matters at all. We're we're so fragile. Mm-hmm. Like our existence could, yeah, like, be gone. Mm-hmm. COVID was kind of like a, a a preview of that because it was kind of like everything was there one day and then literally the next day there was nothing. Mm-hmm. 
but we've been around for like a long time, thousands and, you know, millions of years. Earth's kind of young, though, compared to other planets. Oh, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. But life is very fragile. And, like, a lot of people um, distract themselves from realizing that, like, you have to have life in order. You have to have death in order to have life. Yeah. Dude, that's kind of like, I don't know if you spend much time thinking about, like, what happens to us when we die. I don't really. I, and I, 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 as far as we know, there is nothing. I, mm-hmm. We can't prove it. But yeah. if, I were, if I were betting, I'd probably say that nothing happens. But yeah, my, my second guess would be, like, we're probably reincarnated in some sense. But that could mean that you, like, pop up as, like, one of these floorboards <laughs> the next time around. Um, well, there are many ways to look at it, like. There's life in everything already. So technically, even if I if I had a child and then I died, mm-hmm. technically I'm still alive in the form of my child. Mm-hmm. Technically, we're alive in the form of everything, mm-hmm. like plants. You know, yeah, like you whether one thing dies, there's still life in general. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I I agree. I I think like we conflate life and consciousness you know what i mean yeah um and i i feel like you only experience consciousness once and even if that's not the case i i low-key hope that you only experience it once because it makes it it makes it sweeter knowing that one day you're not going to have it but also Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not really crazy about the idea of like having another conscious experience as a living being like i kind of want this to be my one because like there's there's like the the chances of it getting better the next time around are incredibly low (laughs) i don't want to be an antelope running from lions all the time oh yeah like you know what i mean like mice get in this house sometimes and the little boy will like chase the mouse (laughs) around and the mouse will get like fucking traumatized and we have to come save the mouse i don't want to be a mouse yeah (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to be a mouse yeah so that's the thing too when when you're aware of how real death is you're like wow i should live this life as well as i can and yeah whether there whether death is more than what what it really is you know whatever yeah but really death isn't even an experience no you know? i think it's uh, that's what i sing about in well I, I kind of touch on that in a lot of my songs, but yeah. Uh, so there's a lot of musing on death in your music. Um, yeah, there's like I kind of get f- philosophical with uh, some of my songs. I think. Uh, I mean, even when we were talking about the fact that it's okay to just not know mm-hmm. what the you know what's what happens when you die or whatever, like are. The song R from Tropic is in the chorus. It's just like you are unaware that sometimes you just never know. Mm-hmm. The, the, the whole song leads up to that moment. but um, And then O, o touches on what we were talking about, how, yeah, death isn't even an experience. You know, don't we come from nothingness before we're born? Mm-hmm. So that kind of stuff. That's, I mean, that's like, that's bars, to be honest, which is, because that's kind of like the irony of like death is like, there, I think there's a part of us, and I think a lot of this comes from religion to where you, the uncertainty of what comes after 
your life or your consciousness is really, really scary. Because mm-hmm. most of us believe is one or two. Th- like you're, you're raised to believe either you're going to heaven or you're going to hell. Right. Um, <laughs> and as a kid, hell sounds really fucking scary. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as an adult, <laughs> heaven sounds really fucking boring. To be honest oh, with yeah. you, like yeah. uh, most people, <laughs> most people are more afraid of going to hell than they are excited about going to heaven. That's yeah. fucking whack. But all mm-hmm. that aside, though, um, we came from nothing. This, like you were saying, like mm-hmm. oh fuck, oh. Yeah, we're still plugged in. Can you hear yourself still? Yeah. Where did my oh mine came out? Hang on a second. Oh no. There we go. Anyway. Um, came from nothingness, you've already experienced like not being conscious before and it's nothing. Yeah, yeah Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, it's not that bad. Mm-hmm. And, and like low-key, like I, I would literally rather like experience nothing than be like a, a rabbit running away from a coyote. Yeah. In, you know, up in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> a rabbit is scared as shit. Yeah, well, there, yeah, there are a lot of, even uh, like I've taken a step back from religion but taking a step back in and looking at the concepts, I can see how it can make sense if you say, yeah, in this life that everyone's living, you can experience heaven and hell. You, you know, yeah. every emotion you feel is either a good feeling or a bad feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you'll realize everything is polar. Like you can't have light without darkness because mm-hmm. they are basically the same thing because one can't exist without the other you know and uh yeah like ever since i smoked weed and started looking at things uh, outside of just religion you'll find so many more answers that are actually like true dude from that perspective then like don't god and satan need each other yeah like you see (laughs) what i'm saying like they like if, if 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 god is supposed to be the ultimate good then like you gotta, you you got you gotta have a bad guy. You yeah. gotta have the Satan, but so that it's relative. Yeah, <laughs> but if that's the case, then who's really the powerful one? Exactly. Don't cancel me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, but even like my buddy Gary, who's super hardcore with the Bible, you know, mm-hmm. he's the coolest guy. Like we we smoked weed together. You know, he's really cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, I remember. One time he was going off and I, I it, something clicked. I was like, okay, wait. You know, he's just the idea of when you die, you, you know, there's an afterlife. Like, and, and the Mormons fuck with that too. They're like, oh yeah, you, there's eternal life. And then looking back at it, it's like, okay, yeah, like we do live forever mm-hmm. in the way that you don't, live death like Mm. everything's always alive as far as you experience it so Mm. you know in the way that you have a a child like you do live forever to where if you died you're still living in the form of that thing that came out of you know you and another person Mm -hmm. you know do you want to have children jeff Uh, huh do you want to have children oh do i want to Mm -hmm. probably at some point yeah um but I'm not crazy about it. If I don't have a kid, that's cool. It's like, I'm not going to be mad. Kids are expensive. Let's just say that again. Um, <laughs> I don't know. That's that's like, I, I think that, I think that like, is like an organism, 
you whether you know or like a squirrel doesn't know why it wants to reproduce it just does it yeah as far as we know mm-hmm. as far as we know squirrels could be conscious and we just don't know it yeah but as far as we know they just have that drive yeah I think yeah. with us, like we have that drive, but we we have higher reasoning skills, so we make up reasons on why we want to do shit. Like, yeah. I want to have a child, so something like I, I I will live forever through my lineage or whatever. And it's like, well, that's the way that you're rationalizing it, but <laughs> you you're, you your body is just telling you to fucking screw and have kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's also like you. It's it's really I think it's really hard for us, like being human, to separate. Our con- like we 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 think of ourselves as like our consciousness preceding our biology, when mm. it's like you can't have consciousness without being an organism first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I guess like and Loki like that's kind of like like that that belief system is kind of what like fills the gap of religion. Like there, everybody has a religion of sorts. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Not everybody prays to a deity. Yeah. But everybody has a set of life principles that get them through the day. And I guess like, that's kind of mine. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I already have all my kids inside me. That's true. <laughs> and most of them die. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. Uh, like, because it, it's, it's the same way with women, because, like, they you know, they got, like, a set number of eggs. Yeah. You know, so, like, every one of those is, like, a, a potential human. Mm-hmm. Or I guess every union between a sperm and an egg is a potential human. But yeah. then most of them never get realized, though. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Ooh. I don't know. Let's talk about music again. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so where where do the lyrics come in? Like for something like Tropic, wh- at what point do the lyrics come in? Because it seems like it's all very stream of conscious rather than being um, I guess melodically driven. You see what I'm saying? Oh, it's yeah. kind of just like you just be vibing. It's almost like you're kind of just like ad libbing it as it goes. Mm. Yeah. Let's see. Um, you you mean as far as Tropic or just like my writing in general? All, all, all together. Like since Tropic is the one that came out most recently, I'm asking yeah. about that one. But I mean, you know, and just in general. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, when it comes to lyric writing, that's that's kind of one of the funnest parts. Uh, is funnest a word? It the is most today. Fun. It is now. <laughs> Dude, I mean, like... It, it's a much of as much of a word as any other fucking word. The yeah. only thing that words only mean something because we agree that they mean something. Yeah. They're otherwise they're just a bunch of fucking sounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I love uh, my favorite thing about uh, lyric writing is putting something into words that has either never been said before or arranging them in a way that's never been done before. And I love how challenging it is. Like, S was probably the most challenging song to write because I I made it rhyme while keeping the alliteration going and then keeping the melody going. Every word in sin, I mean, in S starts with S? Yeah, most of the words. Most, not all. Yeah, because you got to have, like, you know, slithery serpent, there are little in-between words that you can get away with, like of and the, you know. But the, the big ones. Yeah, I think there's no, I think, like, to keep an alliteration going, you can't have more than th- two or three in-between words that aren't S's, for example, for S, um, just so that you can actually make a sentence make sense, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, 
yeah, that's uh, I love the challenge of making something flow in a way that hasn't been done before. And uh, with Tropic was a pretty ex- uh, experimental one where I didn't really I didn't really focus too much on the lyrics. I kind of threw them together real quick, like T. I wrote in like five minutes. I was like, oh, I could just talk about tea and make it sound like a love song, sort of. And for R, let's see. Yeah, for R, I came up with the the rhythm first and then eventually found sort of a melody. And for uh, O, it was just uh, kind of spoken word. I was just reading off just some kind of the kind of stuff we were talking about earlier. And P, I put together in like maybe 30 minutes, but it was hard because there, there are a lot of lyrics in P. There are three verses. And in P, I touch on, um, like, it, I was like, I don't know what to sing about. And I realized, oh, Princess in the P, right? I could talk about how it, I kind of realized, it got me to realize how, uh, a lot of fairy tales and things that we teach our children uh, can be very one-sided. Because in P, I talk about how uh, it's always the prince that's seeking the princess, you know. It's always the male that makes the move kind of thing and how it's very unbalanced. And if you... If you uh, read up on the lyrics on there i don't think i've even put them on genius yet i need to do that i don't even remember my login <laughs> dude i haven't put any of my lyrics anywhere i should probably do that yeah um i mean the first half of p i just i was like okay p right that's a plant how do i talk about <laughs> that but then the, the second and third verses uh kind of they're, they're basically a lot of asking questions of like why does the prince always have to find the princess? And, like, uh, what if the prince was the one who put it under there? The pee under the 20 mattresses, you know? Mm. It just kind of taking a step back and being like, okay, maybe we shouldn't teach our kids that it's the males that have to find a female to marry kind of thing, kind of dynamic. What do you think right. about marriage to that to that point? Mm. I don't I have no desire to ever get married. Yeah. It's very marriage is very a religious thing too. Oh yeah. Um and religion is literally just an institution basically mm. and they call they call it tithing, right? That's just your taxes. You're giving them your money. Well, no, that's exactly <laughs> what it was. Yeah, especially cuz like yeah, in like you know medieval Europe, like all the the there was the crown, obviously, but really there was the church, mm-hmm. and I think I don't know one of the one of the English kings, King George, I don't know which one it was, but whichever one was killing all those fucking wives because he couldn't he couldn't have a male heir, um, broke from the <laughs> he broke from the the Catholic Church. I think it was the Catholic Church, it might have been the Anglican Church. No, he broke from the Catholic Church because they wouldn't let him keep getting married, and he formed the Anglican Church. Um, mm. But it used to be, yeah, like, yeah, that's exactly what it was, was taxing. Yeah. Um, 
My dad, my, even my dad had a, like he had a huge like problem with tithing. He was always like, "Well, there's nothing in the Bible that says the tithe is supposed to be money." <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I don't know, man. Like the the thing, especially in the United States, like churches basically like operate as nonprofits that turn profits. Not all of them do, but like the like the big mega churches that sell books and you know they have like record labels and movie studios and that kind of shit, and they sell tickets to conferences speaking engagements like you're running a business and you're not oh, yeah. paying any taxes mm. you know what i mean like at least amazon has to like fake like it's point paying taxes you know what i mean like no you y'all literally get tax exempt status yeah while running a business mm-hmm. we yeah. might be in the wrong business jeff we we might be in the wrong business. <laughs> this could be preach. I'm kidding. Well, in the business of marriage, <laughs> it, it just just the concept of it sounds like it's something that's difficult to get out of once you're in it. And I've seen I have so many friends uh, who've gotten married. Um, I mean, if if I'm just, if I'm just talking like in Utah where all the Mormons are chilling and and like making their kids and uh like uh, my brother my brother got married um like to a girl when she was still in high school and just thinking of that is like I wouldn't that's totally restricting your life because then you're having kids and then you you can't live your own life if you want to you know your own solo I just like I want to keep myself solo as long as I can, basically. As, like, um, but I just think it's funny how, like, with the Mormon church, um, the the men, when you turn, like, 18 or whatever, they really push you to, like, oh, yeah, go on a mission. It's like a two-year mission. Mm-hmm. And they have really strict rules for, for missionaries. Where, like, you can't even touch a female, like, mm-hmm. that kind of shit. You can't even swim in water <laughs> like it's like period or with a woman it, in general you can't, you can't swim you can't go swimming <laughs> what wh- okay so what what is it about <gasps> swimming that is sinful because because you you have clothes off basically and you're oh yeah <laughs> and be so naked and so yeah so oh. like two years of those strict rules you come back and then it's like i'm like these boys will come back from their mission like I need a female because, you know, it's, it's so strict. And they're like, well, I need to get married so that I can have sex. Because, like, they know deep inside they just want sex. Like, And so everyone jumps straight to marriage in Utah and has tons of kids. And I just, I'm like, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Peace. Yeah, it's just a... Ugh. Yeah, that's, that's tricky business, man. I... <laughs> For a lot of people, it's really, really important for them to get married, and it's important for them to get married early. Um, like, I, I guess it's easy for me to look at it like from from this perspective because my my dad was thirty nine when he had me, and I'm the first one. I'm the oldest. You know, there are only two of mm. us. My mom was like thirty two, thirty three. So it's kind of like when I came to Tennessee and started seeing people getting married at nineteen, twenty one, twenty four. I'm like. What, what, what are like, you doing? What's the hurry? Yeah, <laughs> but they but they don't see it that way. Like mm-hmm. it, it uh, some people see it like some people want to be able to like be a young parent 
Mm-hmm. Some people get pressured by their parents to have kids because they yeah. want to have grandchildren. Yeah. Some people don't know what the fuck else to do. Like, well, fuck. They did this, did that. I guess it's time to have babies. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and low-key, I mean, like, I think for, like, people who are creative, like, it's it's hard to say like you know how far your music is going to go and how many people it will touch but like you 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 consistently get the feeling of putting stuff out into the world mm. um so when you when you're like an artist of some sort like you have that thing that you're putting out there but like if you're not an artist or like a creative person like i think the the ultimate act of creation that you will ever get to experience is like procreation is i can see that yeah. Yeah. And maybe that's something we need. Maybe, like, I, I guess there's a part of us that has to create something. Yeah. You know Because I mean? we were created. Yeah. And that's already in us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see that. But, it, like, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel it's really, really hard, I think, to have kids and not try to, like, mold them into, like, an, another version of you or what you wish you were. Which yeah. is really selfish. Because oh, yeah. that kid didn't ask to be brought into the world. Um and it's it, even though it, it's your child, that's its own fucking person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah, and it's like if it's if the child's born into a religious household, it's like that child didn't have the choice really to be baptized or whatever mm-hmm. at however young, you know. And so it keeps you in that loophole. And so yeah, marriage marriage is very it just keeps you in that loophole when I think about it. So most of your, like, the people you grew up with, they're mostly married now? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Well, actually, I mean, a lot of my close friends are still totally single, and they don't even fuck with marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, but And you're, like, you're still really young. Like, you... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just chilling. <laughs> yeah, like, man, dude, I, I would have been, like, if I had gotten married at 22, 23, Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, I, man, like I, I cringe thinking about myself like, yeah, at that age, I just, I just cringe. Like I wouldn't really, it'd, it'd just be so much harder to keep pursuing music mm-hmm. if I had a kid to take care of, because mm-hmm. that takes all of your time mm-hmm. and, you know, I want to go on tour and shit, you know, like there, there's so many things in life that I have yet to experience that I, that I know would not happen if i had a child yeah which at some point when i'm ready to settle down like if i um and with someone that i truly like love i would i would have a kid you know mm-hmm. but not yet no, <laughs> yeah no, dude look enjoy you I'm, I'm talking like i'm old as fuck like i, I I'm, <laughs> really i guess i'm talking to myself really like dude no enjoy it. you're not you're not gonna have your body and your health and you and your fucking free time like you said forever yeah. you're not gonna have it forever mm-hmm. um speaking of two so what yeah what's like the the, the interview live setup like because mm. I, I mean it's been we had we've had a whole year off obviously i don't know if you got any time to play shows before you moved to tennessee uh yeah uh i played actually when i first moved here in may of 2019 kind of right away i kind of jumped into i remember the first show i played here was at the basement their little like new faces, new faces night oh yeah. yeah hell yeah dude and that's where i met uh ian who's my roommate now it's midnight trust he's in midnight trust yeah yeah 
Yep, me and Hunter and Ian, we're roommates, and we have the Midnight Trust going on. We're, we're actually about to release a single at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, what, do you, what do you play in that band, anyway? Ooh. Or is it kind of like a, a switch switch kind of thing? I'm mostly bass and vocals, but okay. for for the new one we have coming, I basically did it all, which is weird. You. So, wait, Midnight Trust is your project? No. No, oh. I actually, it was actually Hunter and Ian's uh, mostly, and like their old roommate they had, and uh, Trent, he he used to be the singer, actually the two songs they have out, they, those are those are Trent's folks going on there, Okay. and then he, he left the band uh, just because he like, he just, I think he just wanted space, and he was moving to Clarksville, mm-hmm. and so I kind of they just invited me in. I was like, "All right, I'll join. I'll I'll take his spot as singer, as long as we go in like a new direction." because oh. uh, they had a lot of ideas uh, in the box when when I came in, and uh, I was like, "Okay, guys, let's start new." And we we're, we've got a lot of new cool stuff coming. So. Um, it's it's going in a cool direction, um, but yeah, back what we were talking about. Well, interview we, and live oh, yeah. setup, yeah, yeah, I pl- yeah. So, basement, the end. I, I played a few, like I think every month in 2019, I played a show, like probably mostly house shows. Even in 2020, I did a little baby tour out to Chattanooga, Athens. Um, Asheville, Knoxville, just little house shows. Um, and then, boom, the tornado hit, and then, boom, corona hit. So that was, like, the end of that, basically. Rip. But, yeah, as far as my... It's basically just a solo set. Like, all I have my Roland TR-8S drum machine, and I have, you know, the sequence for each song already in there. And then I always have the keyboard set up and my guitar and all I kind of... I use the looper for basically every song so that I can play the guitar part, loop it, and then work the drums and synth and sing. It's mm-hmm. it's a lot of multitasking and it's it's difficult. Yeah, dude. I wish I had a band so that I had less responsibility. You know. Yeah, looping. I, that would that would that would I would lose my mind if I had to do that. That's, so the more power to you, like, dude. But mm. I, I I wouldn't want to loop. Because um, it's kind of like if you fuck the loop up at one point, then what yep. do you have to do? Start You're to fuck screwed. over? Yeah, God. has to be one take wonder for everything. <laughs> but I guess that I mean that, that that's a pretty cool feat to do, though. I could get into that, like watching it. I, like I would not do it. Mm. Um, I, I, I'm, I I don't like a whole lot of responsibility. I'm like you. Oh yeah. Same thing with like having kids. Like, why you want to? Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, I wish I would. I, I you know if I ever had a big show lined up like with with like a really big band on the bill, I would scrap up a band together and be, you know, have a drummer just so that I'd have the full sound mm-hmm. instead of me just clinking around and trying to do it all myself, you yeah. know. But it is fun uh, doing it solo, uh, but it's hard. Like it takes a lot of focus. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't I haven't even practiced my own songs for a long time, mm-hmm. just because I haven't had any live shows to play. You know, anytime I have a show lined up, that's when I'd rehearse. You know. When do you think they're coming back? You think you think we're gonna have shows again in the fall? 
I think so. I heard Life is Beautiful Festival in Vegas is lined up in September. I think bon- something. I think Bonnaroo's slated for August now. I think so. So, if festivals are gonna jump in, I mean, I I picture the house show scene really taking off, probably even in the summer. Because mm-hmm. like I don't know if venues will be fully opened up by then. Yeah. I can I can picture all these musicians hunkered down with their whole setup, you know, because they've been hunkered down for all of this whole time. Be like, yo, let's get a house show going. You know, all my vaccinated homies can come chill, you know. Yeah. I can picture that really taking off once once things start being okay again. Yeah, this might be. This, it, it could be coming back. But either way, everything's going to take off once the, you know, once the leash is taken off. Yeah. So I'm um, excited. Yeah, have, me too. Have you got the vaccine yet? You oh mm-hmm. you got it a long time ago because you worked oh. <laughs> with uh older folks. Yeah, yeah, I got the vaccine in February. Oh yeah, you really got it earlier. Yeah. Um, and you had it too before that. Didn't didn't you catch it? Yeah. Oh dude. Right when twenty twenty one hit, I got the Rona <laughs> and it was rough. <laughs> oh, but I made it through. Mm-hmm. I I didn't get paid the whole time I was off. Mm-hmm. Um so that wrecked me. I was broke after that. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh I think I had car troubles around then too. Mm-hmm. Um so everything was just everything, yeah. Ooh. Just thinking about last year is a mess. So I'm I'm we're staying in 21, even yeah. though 2021 is just 2020 with the one on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exactly what it is. It got off to a it, right now is like kind of starting to feel okay, but that just yeah. started. But yeah, bro, in uh, January, yeah, 25 residents at the place I work at had COVID. 25? Yeah, that's so many. I work at an assisted How living they, center. Fuck? How many residents are like? What's the capacity of the place? So, well, right now we're at fifty-eight. There's still a lot of vacant rooms. Um, it's a Damn, it's dude. a decent sized place, um, but the rooms are really small. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically half of the residents had COVID, and that week was crazy. Like we had to section them off to a separate part of the building, you know, so they could stay away from everyone else who didn't have the, the Rona. Yeah. And it was stressful and tiring having to bring all of their beds, their belongings to these separate rooms. And then any anyone who was in those rooms, we had to bring them out. And it was just the COVID zone, you mm-hmm. know, they put up like a plastic curtain, even behind the closed double doors. Um, so it was like two weeks of that shit. And... Then the snowstorm hit mm-hmm. around then too, and I was I was snowed in, like I had to spend the night at my work two different nights. Oh boy! I clocked in Wednesday morning and then clocked out Friday evening, mm-hmm. like, and I was up basically that whole time because there were only two or three of us there, and so yeah, it was a crazy time. <laughs> this whole year, this when I say this whole year, I mean like from like last March when the pandemic started, it's been a very isolating time for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And, and it's like, and it's not like obviously like COVID, but also like, just like the snowstorm, there are also individual pockets of isolation. You know what I mean? Yep. This is dude. 
I I don't even know if we really like had time to reckon with just how wild the past fucking year has been. Yeah, uh, it's been some bullshit, man. And I guess like, <laughs> just like you were saying earlier, like we've been here a long time. Like people have been, and 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 we have been through worse. Imagine, too. imagine if we would still have Trump on board, man. Dude, I don't think we'd be <laughs> sitting here having this conversation. It like because it just would have gotten worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Oh God, dude! Why are you gonna stress me out like that, man? <laughs> no, it's a stress relief just yeah. knowing, like, okay, we're even though Biden's shitty too. Yeah, we could be a lot worse. It, it, it we could be. have had a tornado recently too. We almost did. Got the bullet. <laughs> yeah, so you you were here for the tornado last? Yeah, because you got here yeah. in May 2019. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you were here. It was like a mile away from me, dude. It didn't hit pretty close to here too. Yeah, like, I mean, Five Points is only, like, two miles up the road. It yeah. went right through there. They yeah. do Three Crow just opened back up. <gasps> Three Crow was the fucking spot. Mm. They did a real shitty thing, though. They they didn't bring back any of their former staff, which is kind of dumb. Because, like, you, you would think everybody would be excited to see, like, their favorite bartenders again. You know, how yeah. the motherfuckers back? That's bad for business. Whoa. So huh. I'll be going to get my bushwhackers elsewhere. <laughs> you ever had a bushwhacker? No. Oh, dude. I don't even know what that is. A bushwhacker is a... It's, it's it sounds right. like something... <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like what, Jeff? <laughs> sounds like a sexual innu- innuendo. It is, it, is, it is not a sex act, nor <laughs> is it a, a, a sexual euphemism. I guess it could be. Uh, but, um, no, it, it's, a, it's, like a, it's, like a, it's like a frosty with rum. Wow. It's like... I, I don't know if it's Irish cream, but just like rum and I, some some sort of creamed based thing, and then you put it in a little, like a ice machine, and it's like a milkshake. Whoa! I'm mm. in. I'm too old for that though. Yeah. Like dairy and alcohol, man. They're tasty. You were telling me about that. What is it? The curdled? Oh, the uh, <laughs> the, Irish, the Irish car bomb. <laughs> yeah. Or, or the car bomb because apparently uh, it the the it the Irish car bomb comes from like the whole troubles IRA era, and so like it's like a it's a bad thing for them. So you, you just say car bomb, but yeah, um, we were talking about this last night. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not too old for those. I was like, <laughs> yeah, it, dude, yeah, like this, I think. Like I, I, I used like I, I used to go to bars a lot, and you know I think that part of my life is that well, obviously COVID happened, but you you go to enough bars, and then it's the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. But no, a, a car bomb is a good time. It's a good time. Um, earlier, I mean, when we were talking about the the tornado, was uh, the basement East had a bar in there too, huh? Yeah, but it's not like it's not like a hangout bar. Like yeah, it's, yeah. it's a, you go and get like you go and buy drinks while you're watching the yeah. show. But R.I.P. to Basement East. Are they? Are they they opened back is up. Back? Okay. They, so they okay, opened. Cool. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. And then they closed again because somebody got COVID. Oh. Okay. And I think they're open again. Okay. Yeah. I remember I saw Beach Foss was there like two weeks before the tornado hit. Hmm. Was, oh, was that the last show that you saw? Um, I think I think that might have been yeah the last big show I saw yeah. The last like big like big like the the last like so I, I was at Exit Inn and I saw Somersault break up shoes and Okie Dokie. What? Yeah. When was that? This would have been either late January or early February. Yo, I would have seen porches there if the corona didn't happen. When were they supposed to come? That was like I, I think it was in March or April. I can't um, remember. Or maybe yeah. June. 
Might have been June. Yeah, I guess a lot of those like bands were like coming through Nashville because like Surf Curse was there right before Somersault and Breakup Shoes were. Oh yeah. And like like them and Okie Dokie, who's from here, they were all on tour together. And then I think Nashville was either the last stop or the second last stop. But like Rona was like creeping up when all that was happening. Yeah. Is Breakup Shoes from Arizona? I don't know where they're from. I just know they got that song Nicotine Dream that I fucking love. Mm. Um, I don't know where they're from, but they're like you know they're like you know kind of like one of the one of the post DeMarco bands. Yeah, I you know think I've mean? heard a few of their songs. They're cool. Yeah. Let's see. They're very uh, Spotify bio says. I don't know why Arizona came to mind, but I have a feeling they're from somewhere out there. Maybe. They might be. They're they're um. Their Spotify bio doesn't say, mm. but um, I saw them and then I was at. The, did you ever, yeah. did you ever like see a show at the East Room or get to play at the East Room? Ooh, I saw. I think I saw Peppermint Boys there. Oh. It was right around when I moved here. Um, yeah, the East Room. I totally forgot about that place. Mm. Um, yeah, Peppermint Boys. I. I'm trying to remember who else played there, but. I totally forgot about that venue. There are so many venues here that I still haven't been to mm-hmm. or that I still have yet to play at. Um, but I really like the end. Mm-hmm. The end is dope. That's a cool spot. Killer sound system over there. Yeah. Did you see that that, that exit the, the building that Exit In is in just got sold to a developer? Yeah. Well, I guess I, I guess it's under contract. I don't think it's been sold yet because they're, they're crowdfunding for it right now to uh, see if their owners can buy it back and keep it yeah. as a venue. Because mm-hmm. otherwise they're going to turn that shit into a hotel, which is the last oh. thing we fucking need. What? Y'all can eat nah. a dick. No, 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 no. Yeah, man. What? Dude, I don't fucking know. Like, dude, I remember coming, like, I remember being so excited to be, oh, I'm going to be in East Nashville and the Black Keys are here and Alabama <laughs> Shakes is here, Jack yeah. Wally. And then, like, I got here and then it was kind of like that, but then it was like, woo! Because all the fucking bachelorettes are like riding up and down <laughs> every fucking where. And it's kind of just like, is this the best we can do for adult entertainment? Is just have a place for people to drink? Yeah, right. Yeah, and like just center more activities around drinking alcohol. You can do that in your house. Yeah. You can do it in your yard. Like tequila is tequila, whether it is on Broadway or whether it's in fucking... Natchez, Mississippi. It's With, the same. Yeah, whether you're spending eighty bucks at a bar or you're just buying your own for twenty. Exactly. <laughs> um Yeah, man. They 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 took that to the absolute extreme. They were just like, What can we do to bring more bachelorette parties to Nashville? What can God. we do? And if, we're, if, the, if the bachelorettes are coming, they gotta have more places to stay. We need more Airbnbs. We need more hotels. Hell no. We need more Average restaurants with average <laughs> cocktails for people with average palates. Oh. Oh, man. Well, <laughs> what, what about the end? Is the end still? As far as I on? know, yeah. As far as I know, yeah. I like. I don't. I don't. I. I, I know they were. I, I think they had access to the PPP money. I don't. It's really hard to know what's going on, man. I. I, I don't know. I hope that as many places are open as possible, though, because you know, otherwise, bands are, like you know, band. If, if shows are going to come back, bands are going to need a place to play. And I know mm-hmm. you're talking about house shows and whatever, but that that's like in, in a place like Murfreesboro, that was kind of easy to do. Nashville yeah. is a little tougher. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's not impossible, but it's harder to do just because, like, you know, you got 
upwardly mobile professionals and they got kids. Oh, yeah. why are those kids playing that music next door and there's beer cans uh, everywhere? Like, yeah, shut the fuck up. I don't know. For me, I I still have yet to like make money playing in Nashville. Mm-hmm. I think the only like ever since I moved out here, the only time I just made money from a show was actually in. I think I made a few bucks from the little um, East tour in early uh, 2020, but I remember I played a show in St. Louis, the house show that was like killer. Okay, so let me ask you this question. Yeah. So I'm 27, so like I'm kind of like in the middle point between like some of like Gen Z musicians and then like some of the like you know millennial musicians who were like you know like they they were like 22 when like. Uh, What's that band? Um, like the folk band, not Mumford and Sons, but like the other one. Like Iron and Wine and Yes, but like dude. What kind of folk are we? It's like I've missed out on a lot of folk. I I, I was never really into it. Or is it folk? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't remember who I'm thinking about <laughs> anymore. Um Fleet Foxes, like oh, so, like okay. like there's like 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 Fleet Foxes and Grizzly Bear was oh, like yeah. serious like millennial indie, uh-huh. um, Boney Bear kind of, but like Boney Bear like kind of a little bit more mainstream appeal because you know he worked with Kanye and shit like that. Yeah, and yeah, like yeah. low key, at least in my opinion, he's the only one that people like still really like fuck with because he's doing shit with Taylor Swift now. Mm. Um, huh. But like, there's like a, a a clear difference in like the ethics and 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 the the philosophy around like drawing income from your work for like people who are like in their mid thirties approaching their forties versus people who are like uh, in their early twenties because um, like people who were like fleet fo- like people used to hate streaming but oh. back then it was still new just like last night we were talking about how Spotify when, when you look at your like Spotify for artists it only goes back to twenty fifteen yeah yeah it was barely around before that and no one had it yeah um but like what is like what do you think a career in music looks like for you because it mm. um I don't really have a game plan it'd be it'd be great to make make money just doing music mm. alone um. I I'm sure there. Are, I c- I don't really push myself as much as I should to mm-hmm. like take all the steps that would take me to there super fast because I'm just taking it easy and like like I just make money uh make music because I enjoy it and it's cool um to have a drive towards like oh i want to make money doing this but it's not like the top drive you know mm-hmm. like the, i guess the top drive is just um just to meet new people mm-hmm. and just like play shows and just uh get out there i guess but i'm not trying to like get out there you know i'm not do you ever feel like it's kind of a trap to like all i, I want to make all of my money from music because I feel like you're kind of setting yourself up to like hate what you do, kind of. And I'm, don't get me wrong, I, I, I'm not saying that's the worst deal in the world, mm-hmm. but like I, f- I feel like the ideal, for at least for me, would kind of be like, you know, I'd, maybe I get a job washing dishes or something like that. 
and then but I'm also like drawing income from like merch oh. and streaming and like that sort of thing. Maybe set up a little Patreon or something like that. Yeah. So that way like I'm drawing income from it, but I don't have to depend on it. Yeah. And like where oh, am I yeah. s- you know what I mean? It'd be cool. Yeah. Even if I got there that'd be chill. Yeah. And like uh I mean I feel like I'll always until like I'll always be doing music anyways. Mm-hmm. And if I do make it whatever that means make it you know mm-hmm. i'll still i'll still probably be doing maintenance somewhere See, you know that's what I mean. so what does <laughs> it mean be doing labor what does it mean to make it that's really what i'm asking oh what does that mean i mean and it it can mean what does it mean altogether, or what does it mean to you but what does it mean i've i've touched on this in some of my songs uh, well actually there's a song i i'm probably gonna put out at the end of the year called here we are and it just talks about how we've already made it to this very moment and that's all that matters Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and like if if you're spending your whole life trying to get to the point to where you finally made it you're never gonna make it there (laughs) (laughs) if you tell yourself oh i've already made it like i'm already like here i'm like when you've uh found just peace that's that's when you've made it yeah i, I feel that yeah because there, there's always going to be another mountain man oh yeah always i think bruce lee said something to the effect of i'm paraphrasing it but it's like there never is a peak there or there's only progress and there's plateaus mm-hmm. and you're never always at peace too mm. there's always a peak and like um I guess accepting that nothing's ever gonna be, you know. There's, there's always in one spot. Be, it's always gonna yeah. be up and down. And I, I, I think that like to that point, like making it when it comes to music, a lot of the time is kind of like the dog chasing the car, and then you finally catch it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. So like we both love Mac, for example. Mac yeah. is like thirty-one. Is he? I he thought might, he, was he might only than that. be. Oh, he, let's let's look it up. Yeah, man, good old Mac. He's thirty. I think he'll wow. be thirty-one. He'll be thirty-one on April thirtieth. Woo! That's Taurus season. Um, happy early birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, the pepperoni Mac. playboy. Yeah. Um, but he, it it's like he was like I mean he was like twenty-two when Salad Days came. Not Salad Days, but two came out. He was twenty-two when two came out. And like, like that's 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 kind of like to, to like two or salad days. Like kids all over America like dream about being Mac DeMarco at like twenty two. <laughs> but then it's kind of like you got a, it, even at thirty, you've got a whole fucking life in front of you, man. Yeah. And like it, it's kind of like once you've done it, like as far as like is as far as music, he's done everything there is to do for the most part. And if you do it all, what the fuck do you do next? You know what I mean? And I'm not saying, like, like I'm not saying that wouldn't be cool or it wouldn't be great, but, like, even when you make it, there's still a whole ass life in front of you. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, as far as that concept, it's just, it's just funny because making it, it just sounds like, a, like you're setting up yourself with a kind of unrealistic expectation of, like, oh, I've got to make it. i got to do what I do to finally make it. Mm-hmm. When, like, all of your efforts are going to be uh, down the drain when you finally realize 
all the stress and everything of like trying to get somewhere wasn't worth it because like you're all you're already there yeah <laughs> yeah, that's kinda, it's like it's it's such a weird mindset to be in because I don't ever want to tell people that you should just be complacent yeah. and you should never try to improve. But like, if you're not happy or if you're not actively trying to be happy where you are mm-hmm. in your present circumstances, yeah. when you get the shit that you want, you're gonna have the shit that you want and still not be fucking yep, happy. Exactly, that's exactly it. <laughs> like like s- stuff and destinations, I don't think are gonna make you happy. Yeah, it's it. You, it's the journey. Real, real shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, like just like we were talking about needing to put something out in the world, I feel like we also need there. There has to be like some form of like tension or some form of adversity or something to like work towards mm-hmm. in order to make you feel fulfilled. Fulfilled. Yeah, that doesn't have to be like hunting for your food every day. I don't mm. want that kind of adversity. <laughs> but like, life would be boring as fuck if. You 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 worked really hard for the thing and you got the thing, yeah. Um, and then it's kind of like, well, fuck. What do I do now? Even when, like we were talking about running earlier, like I never really imagined. Like I I, I thought up to six point two miles because that was ten kilometers. Like yeah. when I started running back in July, that is as far as I could see. And then I had a bunch of beer and popcorn and pizza one weekend, and then I got out there and I had all this energy and I did it, and I was like, oh fuck. Well, I did it. And mm-hmm. I, I just hadn't, I, I was like, well, fuck, now I just got to set a new goal. Because I never yeah. thought, I, I just, I never thought past this point. Yeah. And uh, it's, yeah, it's cool setting goals. But um, sometimes, uh, like, having expectations of, like, oh, I'm going to make it. But you never actually make it to where you've wanted to make it. And if that brings you down, then it wasn't really worth it. It's like, how about you just push yourself to go as far as you can? Like, when I... I, I grew up playing soccer and stuff, and I, it, there's a, you know, if you're, there's a thing called, uh, you just call it juggling, where you tap the ball and keep it in the air as long as you can and count how many taps you do. I think my, the most I've done was 720, and it took like 10 minutes, and it's yeah. tiring. But like, like I, I just basically did as long as I possibly could. I wasn't like, I'm going to make it to a thousand, you know, I was like, let's see how long I can last. I guess that's kind of how I'll go with my music. Like, well, let's see how long I live <laughs> and I'm going to be doing it. That's kind of the fun the part time. of it, too, is because like you, you're just all you're not necessarily you're just it, just the experience of like writing and then recording and then releasing and then promoting just like just doing it. Yeah. And you just get really, really excited to see how it turns out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that, and it, it wasn't always this way. Like I thought there was a right answer every time, but really, the the, the part of it that, that it's exciting is like writing that song and then recording that song and then waiting for the mix to get back and then waiting for the master and then uploading it to 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 to, to, to submit hub and seeing what the fucking blogs are gonna say <laughs> to you and then seeing how people respond to it. Like that 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 is what makes it exciting. Yeah, and for me, I guess for me, I mean, it's one of my biggest drives. Um, but I guess if I were to say, if I were to finally make it, every song I make, I'm trying to, to make it, I'm trying to make a song and every song I make, I try to make it as, as perfect as I can, like as close to the vision I had for it as I can, you know what I mean? And I, I still put out songs that I'm like, 
oh, I was so off tune right there. Why didn't I, you know? But that's that gives me just as much more drive to be like, all right, the next song I put out, I'm going to do it this time, you know? Yeah, dude. Like, always just trying to, like, all right, cool, what can I improve on from the last one? Um, but it's also just kind of like, it's, it's, it's like I, I, the, the, the feeling that now makes music exciting, I used to get really bummed out about because, like, you can write it, you can record the, the greatest takes ever, and then you, you still don't know how the final product is going to turn out. Like, when you compare, like, the demo to the final version, it's, it's the same song. Yeah. But it's like it's a it's a it's a different a different entity. Yeah. Um and I think probably the biggest thing that helped me like when I started like seriously like recording and like get just getting consistent about releasing music was saying that you don't know how the fuck it's gonna turn out. Yeah. You're trying you're like you have an, an idea on where you wanna get, but what comes out is gonna be its own thing. Yeah. Um and depending on what it is, sometimes you're more or less happy with it. But Yeah. I always say like a song is never complete even when you put it out there's there's so many things you can still tweak to make it slightly better but it's like even when you think it's totally done and you put like 80 hours into it it's never fully complete but you gotta stop working at some point <laughs> yeah like you only have so many resources so yeah. much of time and money and also the listener doesn't fucking know yeah yeah you know what i mean <laughs> it it just is what it is to them yeah you know they 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 don't know the imaginary version of the song that you hear in your head mm-hmm. they only know what they hear yeah and what's crazy about music too is like most of the time like <laughs> most people don't like most shit and it's easy to get like bummed out about that but like if you if you if you take a sample size of 10 people on the street and play them like a Mac DeMarco song or a Beach Fossil song they'd be like why the fuck would anybody listen to this <laughs> I have like like I mean like we see each other pretty often so like I would consider you a friend but like most most of my friends like don't either don't know who he is in general and they only like hear me talk about him ever Oh, yeah. And then when they hear it, they don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it's kind of like, it's so it's so weird because like you and me understand that like the, he like literally influenced an entire generation of musicians. There are literally thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of kids with fucking, fucking guitars, tuning them weird and like running <laughs> through vibrato and chorus pedals because they want to sound just like <laughs> Mac DeMarco. Yeah. But it's it's still never Mac because Max is doing his thing. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's never going to be. Yeah. But he like he just like you know like I don't know, like like somebody like BB King or somebody like Michael Jackson. It he 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 spawned a generation of people trying to repeat. There's like oh well I, 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 I like that one Mac DeMarco song. I want to make something that sounds like freaking out the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one thing I never do with my my music is. I never, I'm never like, oh, I'm trying to be like Phoenix. Mm. I gotta do what they do so I can be as good as them. I just, uh, I try to make it as unique as possible. Mm. Um, just because it's, yeah, I'm not like trying to be something that's not me, you know? Yeah. That's the best way to be. Cause you're even in, in that same respect, like if you're trying just to, to recreate something, you're, you're going to end up disappointed. Just like you're trying to live up to the imaginary sound that you hear on your head. You know, yeah. you just gotta like, you gotta make the thing and then let it be what it's going to be. It's like having a kid, 
like not, I'm talking like I've had a kid, but like you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Like you have like you create a child is created and a child is born, but you don't really have the control that you think uh that you think that you have when that child decides to live its own life. Oh yeah. It's its own person. Yeah. And at the end of the day, everyone is a creator. Like you can't have creator without creation, you know. What kind of guitar do you have, Jeff? Huh? I said, what kind of guitar do you have? I've never seen your guitar. Mm. Itali? Yeah. Itali. What color? Um, it's a blue uh, sandblasted uh, ash. Like, it has a cool body. It's, like, textured. Um, it's special edition. I don't know much else about it other than it just looks cool. That's why I was like, mm, I'm getting that. But I'm not, I'm not a... I'm not like a wizard as far as um, gear. I just like to get what looks cool, you know. I know I'm the same. Way. <laughs> yeah, I, it's. I can't tell you about the pickups or anything. It's, it's the same thing. The people listening don't fucking know and don't fucking care. Yeah. They they don't care. Yeah. But you know, like <laughs> musicians like to flex on other musicians, though. Yeah. But it's kind of like mo- most people who listen to your shit are not going to be serious music heads. They're just going to be regular people. Yeah. There are a lot of competitive musicians out there that I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like jumping into the competition pool. Mm-hmm. Like, it's cool to be competitive, but it's, it's only competition if you think of it as a competition. <laughs> yeah. And it, I mean, it, it, when it comes to music, that does very, very little to help you. Yeah. Like there, there, there is enough music and there are enough people for everybody to get a shot. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's so weird. Like, it, like you'd think that like, I, I guess there is like a universal understanding like among musicians, but like musicians that play like, like fusion are different than musicians who play metal or different than musicians that play gospel or different than musicians who play like, you know, surf punk. Mm-hmm. Different people that make music that sound like Ariana Grande. It sounds like Ariana Grande. Yeah. Hmm. Wait, yeah, what is that? Yeah, do you hear that? I do too. I'm trying wait, to figure wait, out what sh- the fuck it is. Sounds like water. Yeah, uh, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking that maybe like you drank water and it was like, yeah, that's that. That's <laughs> exactly <laughs> what I thought. <laughs> oh, that's probably already happened a good amount of times. It's not raining. <laughs> I don't fucking know. I, I, I wonder if it's like the dishwasher. Maybe. You know what's crazy about so like these are these are dynamic mics, but like mm-hmm. they're really gain hungry. Yeah. We're talking get, get out, like gear flex and Loki right now. Mine has a condom. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We gotta like have <laughs> protection, man. Um, but you like so in order to get some more gain out of it, I have these little things right here, mm. um, which is basically like an additional preamp yeah. to boost the mic. But it runs on phantom power, so it makes these microphones really, really sensitive. Oh yeah. I don't know, dude. So we got the project out. Tropic. Everybody go stream it. Yeah. Should we be on the lookout for anything else? Uh, yeah, I also put out a music video called uh, for T, and I self shot. Yeah, I recorded it with my phone yeah. out in uh, Utah when I was out there recently. Yeah, there's this uh, abandoned golf course out in Apple Valley, and it's a beautiful, just giant plot of land that's. It just has like you know golf court, golf cart kind of tracks winding all throughout it, and just like an abandoned building that I came across and like oh, 
and I was just by myself and just decided to just record myself. I was like, I need to figure out how to dance. <laughs> I was like, I'm just going to see if I can do it. And I wasn't even playing music. I was just dancing in silence. trying to, And I, I, ooh, I couldn't do very much because I dislocated my shoulder the, the day before trying to land a trick on my skateboard. I was going to ask if it was at work, but you were skating, okay? It still hurts. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so check it out. It's on YouTube. Um, but, yeah, that, as far as anything else, um, I'll probably put something out at the end of the year, something big. This has been a blast. Yeah. Yeah, I think we I think we really vibe. Absolutely. I hate that we didn't do this sooner, but I guess I wasn't like actively doing this. Like I like I, I was doing like I I never gave up on it. I just, yeah. The world was crazy, and I was doing other shit, and I was working mm-hmm. on another song, and it was like going to be the fucking death of me. I wanted to stab my eyes out <laughs> on that fucking song. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm glad that you came on, and I'll and yeah, we'll do it again. Hell we'll yeah. Chat it up. Maybe yeah. Thanks we'll talk for having about me. Some records. Yeah. Sweet. All right. Everybody go check out Interview. Love you.